You're listening to Film School, broadcasting every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, and on the web at KUCI.org slash filmschool. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. In his new film, Medicine for Melancholy, our guest today, writer-director Barry Jenkins, follows a love story about a one-night stand told through two African-American 20-somethings dealing with issues of class identity and the evolving conundrum of being a minority in a rapidly gentrifying San Francisco. Jenkins is the writer-director of the short films My Josephine and Little Brown Boy, Medicine for Melancholy, which won the 2008 Audience Award at the San Francisco International Film Festival, is his first feature film. Barry Jenkins, welcome to Film School. Hey, uh, it's good to be here. That's a very nice intro. I'm going to use it as my bio from now on. Well, it is. Yeah, well, it is your bio, and you know that. Oh, really? Man. No, wait, wait. By the way, by the way, also a Spirit Award nominee for yeah. Best First Film. Congratulations first on all this. Oh, thanks, man. It's a, it's a beautiful film. Now, did you fall in love with San Francisco after you moved from Miami, or did you get propelled by my, to San Francisco just by looking at it in other films? No, you know, actually, I had uh, I moved to L.A. first, uh-huh. and I had a buddy who lived in San Francisco, and so I used to come up and visit him a lot, and I uh, really just fell in love with it, you know, over the course of about five years. I'm going back and forth between L.A. and then eventually uh, just moving there. Yeah, yeah, so so did this uh, this film come out of your experiences there? Did you, how did how'd the seed happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you could say the seed was born out of a uh, personal experience. Uh, wow. wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I basically moved. Uh, I left L.A., I gave my car to charity and kind of took trains around the country for a while. And uh, San Francisco was one of the stops on that trip. And I met a woman there, so I moved back to San Francisco for her when the trip was done. And, of course, you know, eventually she got tired of me. And so that was where the original seed uh, to, to to just make a movie came from. And then I just started lumping all these other things about my experience in San Francisco uh, into that film. No. Go ahead, Mike. No, I was just going to say, and and also, um, uh, you, you you this was also sort of some other filmmakers, some other films that sort of played off of this idea. Uh, what were the films you? Because I you described them in some other interviews that that you that sort of influenced how the story came about. Yeah, the main one was uh, the Claire Denis film Friday Night, yeah. which is uh, about a a woman and a male uh, who have a, a one night stand. Uh, during a transit strike uh, in Paris. And that was the original, original idea. Right. And, I, and I really loved uh, that movie. She's my favorite filmmaker. And I thought uh, what it would be like to make a movie that was about my generation, which I figured would be more about the morning after and the naivete of trying to forge, a, forge an emotional connection, you know, from, uh, from a physical encounter. And so that was like the original, original premise. And, and then as I started to write the film, I just realized I had all these unresolved issues with the city of San Francisco that I wanted to address. Yeah. And, uh, and so I just lumped all those things into the same pot, and that's really how the script came about. Well, well th- these kind of stories um, are always intriguing to me because uh, the uh, the relationship has leapfrogged so much of mm-hmm. of what we generally would do in a, in, the, in, a, in this sort of uh, kind of situation, and then you, you're and, this, and this, it does a beautiful job of uh, as this as just the initial kind of encounters between uh, Micah and and Joe. Uh, mm-hmm. It 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 just uh, it it there's there's the silences that are are so telling in the in, especially in the initial part of their relationships. 
you know, it's funny. I remember when we first gave the screenplay to uh, to Tracy because Tracy, uh, she just she doesn't really watch very many independent or foreign films. She, she was like, she's like, man, it's really quiet. <laughs> and she was like, well, where are all the lines? And I was like, you get to them eventually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a great. I, I don't know if you're referring to the taxi cab scene, but I do like that one. Yeah, there, there's there's mm-hmm. some, some ni- nice editing in that too. Uh, do, do you? How much time? How much footage did you have, and how much time did you spend editing the film? Yeah, you know, it was it was we did everything in really short bursts. So uh, we shot the film 15 days in November 07, and uh, we finished shooting November 15th, and we had the rough cut by December 1st. Wow! And then uh, the version you guys saw was pretty much done by New Year. So it was about about 30 days. About My 30, 30, 30, goodness! Days. Well, did, yeah, and, did you? We kind of had no choice because we were trying to get into uh, this festival, South by Southwest, and they had already extended the deadline for us, and so we just had to just just pound it out, you know. That's that's wonderful. Do you like working that fast? I know when you're in it, it seems like it's <laughs> you've got a lot of pressure, but after it's you know over what? with, you know what, man? It was so much fun to make yeah. the movie. It was just me and my friends. There was about a it's about a four person crew and the two actors, and uh, we did like. You know, they weren't very, very long days because we didn't have very much equipment, and we didn't have a very large crew, so we could move really fast. It was actually, it was, it was very fun. Uh, I have to admit, it's shocking to think back and think about how much of a good time we had making the film because you think it would have been so tough for so few people to pull it off, but it was just really enjoyable. Who was your cinematographer? Uh, this guy James Laxman, who was a buddy of mine I went to film school with. He shot every film I've ever done, and uh, he did it with this. Uh, HD camera with uh, we had a lens adapter that we put these old uh, spill lenses on the front of it, so it's like a marriage of this uh, new technology with this old technology. Very cool. Whose idea and, was uh, that? Was that is that his or yours? Well, he uh, he he has uh, that's like his rig. You know, he he shot a film with the same camera before he shot mine, and I think in seeing what he did on that film, I was like, you know, like wow, you could really make a feature film. You know, with with this setup, you know, it, it's very viable. So uh, I had confidence in what he could do with that package, based on what he had done uh, on a previous film. Uh, the actual look of the film was something that James and I came came up with together. I, I knew I didn't want the movie to be sort of, uh, and I guess what you would call real color. I didn't want it. I didn't want it to look natural to the eye, and I also wanted to sort of figure out a, like the emotional state of the characters, you know, and how they relate to the city. And so we originally talked about just you know using the camera to sort of desaturate the image uh, in post. And so most of the things we did, we talked about you know beforehand. Now, when you uh, you. You say desaturate. I for a while at the beginning of the film, I thought I was watching black and white, and I love black and white anyway. So I'm thinking, great. And then I noticed some colors seep in. Did you did you tweak with it through the film, or did you set it at one level and just let it ride out? No, no, it's, it's tweaked. It's tweaked throughout the film, and yeah. there are certain moments when there's more color. Yeah. Uh, than others, and it's when uh, the characters are sort of just reacting to one another and being intuitive and on these issues of housing rights and gentrification and identity, when those things aren't really affecting them, and they're just, just responding to one another and actually enjoying the other person's company. That's when it's the most color in the film. So again, we tried to have it sort of uh, you know jump off from what the characters are doing, you know, from their emotional state. I don't like to talk about scene by scene, but I do like the uh, the the merry-go-round scene, and you just start to. That's when the for me the color starts to really kind of creep in, and that, yeah, yeah, that's that's when there's the most color in the film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. beautiful, we're very speaking, very well done. We're speaking with Barry Jenkins, the director and writer of Medicine for mm-hmm. Melancholy, and you mentioned housing uh, in San Francisco. There's mm-hmm. one one shot there with uh, appears to be activists. Are they activists that you're? But the, yeah, yeah, but those are real people. They're real activists. I I'd actually written a scene. That was uh, that was 
going to have, at first I wrote a scene for the characters to talk about those issues, and it just came off terribly. And then I wrote another scene that was us hiring people to act as activists, and that didn't work uh, either. So we were, we eventually just decided, you know what, if this is important to have in the film, let's find people who really do this, and let's just set the camera up and just let them talk. And so, yeah, they, they held a meeting, and we just recorded it. And uh, we felt like so long as our characters could walk by and look in, there was enough license to uh, have the audience walk by and look in also. Yeah. Now, now, you say that, that it came off horribly when you kind of uh, preconceived this. Uh, yeah, and when you when you had it all scripted out, uh, mm-hmm. w- what did they add to it? Is uh, you know I, I know you're going to say realism, but is there is there something uh, that they yeah. added, the activists added that you couldn't? You, you know, honestly, um, you know, I say I say it came off horribly, but we never attempted it. So I guess in my uh. mind, <laughs> I thought it was horrible. Um, but but the one thing I will say about having real people do it, you know, we had a we shot the movie in November of '07. And so that was a meeting that took place in November of 07. And then we screened at the San Francisco International Film Festival in April 2008. And uh, and there was a ballot initiative that was coming up that was going to be voted on like three weeks after our screening. And so we had an 800-seat theater in the city of San Francisco where the scene plays and these activists are talking about real issues. And then after the screening during the Q&A, they got up and they spoke about it again. And I think... I could not have written that, you know. It was a real issue that these guys were really passionate about that they were talking about during this meeting that we recorded in, in real life. You know, months later, you know, they actually had an audience that could hear, you know, yeah. these uh, these grievances being aired. So that was something that I could never have written. You know, it was a perfect synergy between our intent, you know, trying to realistically uh, capture the mood of the city and uh, and just finding authentic people to do that. Well, well, Barry Jenkins, what was the outcome of the initiative, uh, the, the city initiative? Oh, it was at the, we still have rent control. <laughs> oh, okay. We still so, have rent control. So obviously this is an ongoing issue. Uh, the gentrification obviously will, uh, is going to continue, but... Um, yeah. Uh, you, you know, uh, I, it's just a little bit off topic, but, but how mm-hmm. is the economy... Uh, uh, affecting that the low income housing there and and then the, the condominiums on the other side you know haven't the developers have they felt the pinch of the economy and are they scaling back on their development i don't i don't think they have at this point i, I think right now what's going on is that the actual local government like the city services that's where uh, people are really feeling the pinch you know the uh the uh, the budget here in the city is just being slashed, and and you know Mayor Newsom is you know trying to figure out where to cut jobs from, and and so that's where the real uh, the real issues are right now in the city. People are trying to figure out you know do we cut jobs from the bottom of the totem pole or do we cut do we cap some of these salaries at, at the top? You know I think there's about maybe 15 or 18 people in the local government who make you know a certain percentage uh, of the money. They all make like you know 180 thousand dollars a year, which is a bit a bit yeah. ridiculous for, yeah. for the job they do. So that's really where, where it's happening. Now, nobody's, those buildings are still going up. They're going to always go up, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. going to always go up. And the issue is, you know, trying to figure out how much, you know, uh, those buildings, you know, needs to be set aside for people, you know, to actually be able to afford. And not affordable housing, you know, based on the median uh, income in San Francisco, you know, which is still six figures, you know, but affordable housing, you know, for people yeah. who don't make that much money. Uh, we're speaking with Barry Jenkins. The film is Me- A Medicine for Melancholy. It'll be opening this Friday at the Lemley Five, the Sunset Five in uh, in Hollywood. Oh, cool. And and and, uh, and and actually, and I'll be there, and Wyatt Sinek will be there also oh, for Q and A. Very good. Well, I was, I was just, just going to talk about you. You go ahead, Mike. Oh, I was going to ask you about Wyatt Sinek, and then uh, how did you know of? Did you know of him 
from before the Daily Show, or how did um, you come across? The... You know, Wyatt was nowhere near the Daily Show when we cast him for this film. He yeah. was a uh, he was a stand up comic uh, gigging around L.A. Not doing not doing too well. I mean, he was funny as hell. He just wasn't really catching on. And uh, and so we uh, we had seen all these guys and nobody was working. And uh, my producer had sent me this video. Uh, it's like a little short thing on YouTube about the sitcom called My Black Friend. It was about this white guy was upset that he didn't have any black friends so he held a reality style competition like survivor he invited these black guys to his house <laughs> to compete to be his black friend and now uh, Wyatt was on that show he didn't even have any dialogue but uh my producer was like oh did you watch the thing i sent you i was like yeah you know there was this one guy and uh we had a friend in the room who said oh that's Wyatt and uh she didn't have his phone number so he sent him a message on myspace and uh and he replied yeah yeah he yeah. replied and he came out and he read and he was just perfect man and it wasn't yeah. that he was the character as I'd written him in the script. You know, he sort of was. But more than that, he was just a really unique, you know, very specific guy, you know, who I felt could be, you know, sort of someone that this woman would be attracted to. Yeah, I was taken aback. I was really impressed with, with the acting job that he did. Uh, did was, that, <laughs> was that a lot of good directing, or did he bring a lot to it? No, no. You know, Wyatt is diligent, man. He, like, he studied that character. There were so many things he asked him to do that he didn't do in his, his natural, normal life. And uh, he arrived in San Francisco, and he was just capable. Uh, he was great. Um, he is he is a wonderful performer, and he really loved to like uh, the ad lib. You know, he's like very very natural. You yeah, know? he could really take the words uh, in the script and then sort of finesse them. You know, to kind of suit his talent. He he, he seems like such. A, I think that's right. He seems like such a natural talent. And can mm -hmm. I just say, I love his face. I I, yeah. I, I, I I really I really I mean I'm just so when he's on screen I really am watching his. His facial expressions and the, and just the, I just something about the, I can't. Uh, well, who, whose it, idea was Mister Rogers? Oh, yeah, that was cool. That's in the script. Yeah, yeah, and 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 again, one of those things with Wyatt, you know, it was I wanted to be played on piano, but you know, the house that we shot that in, I just got as a house sitting gig uh, like the week before we shot, and yeah. I got there and I was like, oh, we're going to shoot here. Couldn't get a <laughs> piano in there. So Wyatt, uh, so Wyatt, you know, learned to play it on the guitar. You know. Now, did they know you, they were shooting? You were shooting when the, you were sitting the house. Oh no, <laughs> they, 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 they might, they might not still know. Okay. Well, and not only that, Wyatt and I were living in the house that was doubling as as uh, Tracy's boyfriend's house. Yeah. Now, by in, the way, independent filmmaking, man. Yeah, by the way, I want and and by, and by the way, Tracy Higgins uh, as well. She's terrific as Joe. Or. Uh, what she her her name uh, Angela was uh, Angel yeah. Angelina Angela what was her first yeah, name? Yeah, her, her, her name starts off as Angela, Angela. and it becomes Joanne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, good. she's great. She's wonderful again. Very natural performer. Very, just very mm -hmm. seemed to be that character. And I think that's the thing that I'm so attracted to in this film is that these are people I would you know I would see in, and uh, just very natural there's very natural performances in, in all, all throughout this film now, so. now who, has, who has the uh, the gig as uh, an aquarium uh, promoter <laughs> you, you know uh, the apartment that, uh, that's, that's Wyatt or Micah's apartment in the film that's a friend of mine and her boyfriend is the number two aquarium guy in the Bay Area yeah. and so uh, and so again I was just pulling all these things from my friends uh, my time in San Francisco and just really sort of, uh, you know, getting them into the script, you know, and trying to get them in the script naturally, you know. I felt yeah, like yeah. a character needed to do something that was not necessarily odd, but just unique, you know. Yeah. Well, well, did this compressed filming uh, schedule that you had laid out for yourself, mm -hmm. did this, was this the, did, uh, 
a necessity is the mother of invention? Was that sort of what was the kind of the 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 the, the rationale going on here? You just I would I, I would say definitely, yeah. You know, <laughs> it was just one of those things where you know, in film school we made these short films, and it was basically all the same people. Everybody who worked on medicine for melancholy are people I went to film school with okay. at Florida State uh, as undergrads, and. Uh, you kind of like, you know, in film school, you're making these short films, so you can plan everything out, you know. It's, it's a seven-page script, so you can go through every single detail. Whereas with this movie, it was like, you know, it was a feature screenplay, and we were doing it in 15 days. So we would just get there, and we would kind of just, you know, just set the camera up and let the actors do what they did, and then we would figure out how to do it. You know, it was very loose. It's almost like, uh, this is going to sound really cheesy, but it was almost like making jazz, you know. Just yeah. filming this film was like, was like making jazz, you know. And that we got to a point, cheesy. and it's like, Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I understand that completely. Yeah. It's just, you know, you, you know the structure, now make the music. It's Exactly. You know. Oh, man, you know what? I'll tell you, I'm going to use that too, man. You guys are good. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> now, I was just going to say, what, what did you like uh, better out of making this film? Did you like the writing or did you like the directing? You know, they, the, the, the writing was much more therapeutic for me because, like I said, there were some real issues uh, in the film that were really bothering me. So the writing was very therapeutic, and making it was just really fun. And then just to get all my friends together. And the other part of it was, too, and I was in my life for two years, and, you know, I knew some people who, who could, you know, people of influence, and I decided I was going to make this film. I couldn't really get anybody to help me. So I called my friends from film school who don't have any money, and they all dropped their lives and came to San Francisco to help me. So, oh, wow. again, it, it was really fun, and also uh, it was just very uh, very warm, you know? There was a warmth on the set. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you Now, obviously, you, you were this compressed schedule, trying to get it in South by Southwest. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you went the circuit route, uh, of the yep. uh, festival yeah. route, I'm sorry. Uh, yep. How was that experience for you? Um, uh, that was amazing. That yeah. was amazing. I, I highly recommend it. I mean, I, I think really there's, there's no other option for an independent filmmaker today, yeah. but you want to go to the festival circuit. Uh, it was great. We went to South by Southwest, and uh, the bloggers caught on to the film there. And then we went from South by to the L.A. Film Festival, which was great for us as, uh, as craft people, you know, because when you play in L.A., it's like, oh, now you're valid. You know, now yeah. you're filmmakers. And then from there, we went to uh, Toronto, which is a very big international festival. Yeah. And then to London and Vienna, and just and just really, I got to travel. But then also, it kind of got got the word out about the film, and it got the word out about us as filmmakers, you know. So it was a great experience, you know. It's almost now, like a band that releases a record, and then you just go on tour, you know. Now, did the film change at all from South by Southwest to what what we have today? Did you nope. make any alterations in the film? Nope. Nope. How, how about you? <laughs> have you changed a lot? Me as a person. Uh, I I've, I think I've gotten I've allowed myself to be a little bit happier. Oh really? All right, cool. So the therapy <laughs> worked. Yeah, exactly. Because oh. I, I I think very little of myself, and uh, and I usually uh, think very little good is going to come up with things I do. But so <laughs> the past year has definitely proved me wrong. So. Well, Barry, you're, you're wrong about this. Okay, so uh, <laughs> it's uh and and so uh, obviously you know the happy surprise you you've got you going to these festivals, you're getting this positive right. feedback. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, I assume you're going to be at the Spirit Awards. You kind of come down for that, or oh yeah, oh yeah, I'll, I'll be there. Okay, yeah. good. Now I'm going to ask you about Los Angeles and San Francisco because there's always sure. a battle between the two cities, or it seems like there is. I love both cities. I don't really draw the distinction so hard, but, yeah. but uh, <laughs> do you? Do you, do you look down your nose at L.A.? 
You know, honestly, I did, and that's that's why I left LA. Yeah. But uh, but now that I've been going back a lot in the last year, I have a very different take on it. You know, when I left LA, I stayed away pretty steadily for about two years. I left and I just didn't go back. And uh, a lot of the deficiency I saw in San Francisco, which was mainly just the lack of a of a certain kind of diversity, yeah. you really find down in LA. You know, it's it's and there's something I totally took for granted when I was working there. But uh, but but just going back now, I just realized it's a, it's a very diverse city. You know, Los Angeles is. You know, in, in, in a certain way, you know, and there and there are certain things about it that you just don't have uh, in San Francisco. So I think you're right. And, and right now, my life is pretty much split between L.A. and San Fran. And I'm trying to trying to take the the best of both of them and, uh, and leave the worst yeah, <laughs> yeah. to, to other folks. Yeah. Well, you, you you talk about that the diversity here in L.A. as opposed mm-hmm. to San Francisco. Does does it? Do you really feel that up in San Francisco? I mean, just walking down the street, or is it? Yes, is, oh, yes, <laughs> you you really do feel it. Yes, and 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 when I say diversity, I'm not I'm not even just talking about uh, African Americans. You know, I, I remember right when things started happening with the movie. I was down in L.A. And uh, I think I was just walking down the sidewalk, and I poked my head into like a, a pawn shop, and uh, inside this pawn shop. There was like a, there was like a Korean guy behind the counter. And there was like a, an African American couple. And there was a white couple. And I was just, I was just like, whoa! It was like there's too many. There's too much of a potpourri in this damn pawn shop. <laughs> it, just, it just blew my mind. I was like, wow! I, I guess black people and Korean and white people do talk together, you know, in, in certain cities. <laughs> Whereas up here in San Francisco, I feel like things are much more. Not necessarily compartmentalized, but you know, there's there's the Asian American part of town, and I think you know the hipsters and the yuppies hang out in a certain area, and, and the African Americans are definitely relegated, you know, for the most part to certain uh, areas of the city. They don't really uh, mingle as much as, uh, as they probably could. Yeah, it's such a beautiful damn city, though. It's just... Oh, it's an amazing city. Yeah. Well, it's it's a beautiful piece of rock, man. And it it's is physically gorgeous, and, and, and we all want in on it. And I think the beauty of San Francisco is it's such a physically beautiful, beautiful place that that beauty just gets into the people here. And it's a shame that because of economics, the city is becoming more and more homogenous. You know, it's just less and less people can afford to experience that beauty. You know, which is a shame. Yeah. You you made a comment in an, in an interview uh, before that you you uh, for a while you saw these as breaking down along racial lines, but uh, now you you've, you're sort of reconsidering it along class lines. Is that yeah. is that a fair statement? No, it's definitely a fair statement. And I even feel like the character of Micah. I feel like when he wakes up the next day, maybe that's where that's where some of his energy will be redirected. You know, not being so obsessed with uh, with race, but with like the common the common struggles. You know, of people which which are usually usually fall along class lines. You know, there was this great study on education in uh, Kentucky where they were they were busing the dist- the districts based on based on race you know they were integrating the schools based on race but they were just putting poor black kids into schools of poor white kids so yeah. they were all still not performing well so then they started mixing you know busing people based on class and that showed a marked improvement you know yeah. and, and so i do think you know there's a certain different way to recontextualize these issues that we're all concerned with they're very valid you just got to learn to sort of say them in a different way well, yeah i think it's important to see the nuances of these different these these Issues. That, See, I'm uh, telling you, man. I love you guys. The nuances of these issues. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well. Well. Uh, well. Great. Well, this is a. Yeah. He, he, he was storing that one away to use for this week. So I cost him well, a, you know, a dollar fifty. <laughs>
I pay I pay my researchers a lot of money to come up with things for me to say, and darn it, uh, every once in a while they do. Uh, this is a terrific film, and uh, it, it's it, it's great that it's uh, getting play. It's getting obviously the Lemley Five, the Sunset Five. I'll be there. You're going to be there. Are you there for one screening or a couple of screenings? Oh, I'll, I'll be there. Two screenings Friday night, two screenings Saturday night. And, Wy- and Wyatt will be there also. And when Wyatt and I do a Q- Q&A together, it's basically a stand-up show. I, I was, so, was going to say, I bet you guys are on yeah, the whole so it's, time. It's two shows for the price of one. Yeah, this is great. Well, uh, I hope to see you up there. And... Uh, and uh, congratulations on this, uh, and all the all the best as it travels. It's going to be sort of rolling out across the country. Yep. Uh, be on the lookout for it. Uh, uh, Medicine for Melancholy, the, the filmmaker is Barry Jenkins. Thank you so much for joining us here on Film School. Thanks for having me, man. It's been great. To learn more about Film School... Listen to more interviews or subscribe to our podcast. Visit our website at KUCI.org slash filmschool.